CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Thursday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. We're glad you've joined us. Looking forward to being with you for about the next hour as we do this every single afternoon at this time. Looking forward to answering some questions for all of you as so many people right now everywhere have so many questions about everything. Where our nation is headed. What's going on in the Middle East? What's after this life? If you got a question, please call us. That number to call again, 8888-ASK-CSN. We'll do our very best to answer your question for you from God's Word, the only true source of information now, and uh, I think you'll really, really be blessed. You know, we uh, need to have God's perspective of what's going things, of everything. Things aren't falling apart, they're falling into place. There's a big difference. Join me today's special guest from Honolulu, Hawaii. We have with us Daryl Skinner from Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, and uh, he is a program that we have on in the morning time, A Chosen Generation, here daily on CSN. And Daryl, so good to have you with us. Great to be with you, Mike, and great to be with all the listeners to Every Man and Answer. And it's always a, a thrill, and it's exciting to hear from them and the, the, how they want to grow and they want to learn uh, their faith in Christ and, and to be knowing God deeper and richer as well as sharing their faith with those who are lost. You know, Mike, as we look to these last days, we know these are last days of salvation. We yeah. see everything happening, lining itself up with the book of Ezekiel and 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 the Middle East and Israel, and, and we see the world in turmoil, just as Jesus said would be like before his return. So these are exciting days of salvation and discipleship, and it's good to be on with you, Mike. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Joe Biden today said... Um, uh, he's calling for Israel to have a uh, a ceasefire right now. And uh, Israel has no intent on doing that. And, uh, of course, we realize that in the Ezekiel 38-39 war, which is a pivotal changer of the world, um, no one stands with Israel. Now, uh, so far at this point, we see about the aid packages that are going to be sent to Israel. However, no boots on the ground. Uh, we have some warships there, but they're not to engage in helping Israel. I think this is really an interesting standoff, um, you know, Daryl, that that I really uh, kind of look at that we're there, but we're really not there. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, as we look to what's going on, especially with the uh, the, the the speech that Erdogan gave from Turkey, his alignment with with uh, with Islam as and and against Israel. And then you have, of course, uh, Russia speaking forth. I think you even shared some information with me earlier about that. And 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 then, of course, you have uh, what's going on with uh, with Iran, who's behind these kind of like the puppet master, so to speak, to a degree. And then you have the Houthis down in Yemen, and they're they're uh, they're sending missiles towards the southern region of Israel in Elat and so forth. And of course, you got Hezbollah to the north in Lebanon and Syria. You have Russian, uh, some Russian forces along with the Al-Quds there in Syria as well. And we see everything lining itself up from northern Africa and so forth, just as the Bible declares in the book of Ezekiel chapter 38, this alliance of nations that have come against Israel in the last days. 
And for the namesake of God, God's namesake, he says, in the latter days, I will uphold my name, and you will know that I am God. The enemies of Israel will know that I am God, the God of Israel. And see, we see these things happening, and the Lord is on the move in these last days. They're exciting times, and God is going to do his work. And Israel cannot stop. They have to take care of this this horrible, horrible uh, plague for years and years and years of the uh, of Gaza and these uh, Hamas and the amount of missiles, some 9,000 missiles sent into Israel. This has been going on for years, and now they're done with it. They're done with it. The barbarians are going to be taken care of. And uh, Biden should not be telling the uh, Israelis to stop the IDF, uh, stop in any form or fashion. They need to take care of this uh, this great cancer that's uh, sitting there in Gaza that have been trying to just destroy them for years and years and years. Nobody should live under this. So these are uh, th- these are exciting times. I, I must say I'm pretty much uh, glued to the TV these days, uh, watching the uh, Israel 24 news and other newscasts that uh, have good uh, reporting there in uh, what's happening in Israel. And we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for everybody's soul. But you know what? Uh, you've got to get on God's team. God's word is true. Mike? Amen. And uh, Russia today said that Israel has no right to defend their territory. They are occupiers. Poor Russia. They're, they're just mm. insane. You see, remember back in the 67 war, the Arabs came together as a coalition, attacked Israel, and lost. That's right, everybody. They lost the war. And because of that... Israel took land that would secure their borders better, the West Bank, the Golan Heights, the Gaza. And when we look at this whole interesting picture, Russia making a statement, occupying territory? No, they won it, bought with Israeli blood in a battle that they didn't start. Poor Russia, they don't get anything right. Kind of like our own government of late, isn't it? Oh, and by the way, Kamala Harris today has uh, made an announcement that, you know, because of religious persecution, that they're going to pass laws and change our current laws in America. Uh, because, um, I, you know, I, I, when I was listening to this, I was thinking it was talking about anti-Semitism up uh, 400% uh, against Jews. No, no. What they're doing is they're going to give ultra protection to those in Islam. Are you ready for this, America? That means you can't really talk about what Islam is about. It's not just another religion, everybody. Please understand this. And I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to tell you the truth. Islam is global conquest. That's what it's all about. The British Empire had such problems with Islam that they began when a person was killed, they would wrap them in pigskin and bury them, denying them heaven. Finally, they backed off. This was what was going on in England in the 1800s. Now, we have to understand something. Islam is not a peace-loving faith. I've heard people say this. It is not. If you read the Quran, it doesn't read like the Bible. Love your enemy as yourself. Do good to those that hate you. You'll never find that in the Quran. No, it's the opposite. And when you can't tell people really what their game is, hey, listen, friends, they're setting this up. Again, more freedoms lost in America. 
your First Amendment under attack by everybody, by the Democrats, by the American news media, by Twitter, or not Twitter, but by all the other ones. We have to be real careful. You understand we are losing our freedoms by the hour now. And, and I don't know who the good guys are. I really don't know who the bad guys are. I really don't in the political realm because they, you know, Obama, I believe marriages between a man and a woman gets into the White House, does the exact opposite. They're, they're all, they're all putting on a show to get elected. But I do know one thing, the American news media hates Donald Trump. That tells me that he's probably really right on. Now, I know this might come as a shock to you hearing me say this, but I know the American news media is rotten to the core. I mean, they are rotten against America, overthrow it at any cost. That's what they're about. They want a socialist, communist America. And when we stop to really understand that who they say is good is evil and what they say is bad is good. When you look and see the money now, they got the checks on Joe Biden. Checks from from laundering the money, $40,000 check. And uh if this was a Republican, you would have you would have a riots in the street. But because it's their fair-haired child who's helping them dismantle America, well, we're just going to let it go on. This great big train of um Illegals headed towards America to break into our country? They're not fortifying the border. No, they're going to let them all in. More of your taxpayer dollars given away. Nothing makes any sense. And will will the media call this out? No, because they're part of the rottenness. Go ahead, Daryl. No, and I agree with you, Mike. 100% we see this... uh, cabal, if you will, of the Democratic Party with the news media, the liberal news media, but also we we see it with these uh, universities and so forth. Uh, so many Jewish students today are being threatened. Their lives are being threatened. I just heard a report today that uh, in Paris, as well as Berlin, they're taking the Star of David and they're marking Jewish homes in the neighborhoods who, where the Jews live to mark them. This is much like Nazi Germany yeah, same back there in World War II. And this is taking place. This is an all-out assault against the Jewish people. And, of course, for us as Christians, we we pray for them. We we want the best for them, of course. And But this is an all-out assault of uh, supporting Islam and and creating this anti-Jewish hatred, which is uh, is grotesque. But we know it's, it's, it's part of the last-day scenario as we read the book of Revelation, as we read through the prophets of God, and, and of course, what our Lord has spoken. Uh, they're going to go through persecution, as well as we have been going through persecution as believers in Christ. And as you share, Mike, and, and we see this, the Democratic government uh, hates Christianity, doesn't want Christianity, is liberal, and, and supports abortion and so forth. We see the hands of Satan constantly working against uh, us, but the hand of God is working for us. And we have nothing to fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. And we must keep preaching the gospel, keep sharing our faith, keep preaching souls for Christ. And pretty soon, very soon, the rapture will be coming. But let's be about our Father's business, as we like Until, to say. Until, yeah, amen. Now, some good news. Some good news. Daryl Skinner will be here at the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Daryl, yes, we're I'm all excited, excited to see you and look forward to... <laughs> Uh, the great wisdom God has put into you for the last days to encourage the saints 
And uh, we just can't wait. That's uh, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, the 12th of November, Daryl Skinner from Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, Honolulu, will be with us here at the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Mark it on your calendar if you're thinking, gee, we're going to go out for a ride on uh, that Sunday. Hey, make a (laughs) ride on over to Twin Falls and uh, meet Daryl. I know you'd love to meet him in person. And uh, Daryl, I'm so excited that you're going to get to come here. I'm excited too. My wife and I both be there and we're looking forward to the trip and and being a part of your fellowship at at that particular on the 12th of uh, November and sharing the, sharing the gospel with the folks there and encouraging them in the faith. And uh, it's going to be a great blessing. Be my first time coming up to your place and I'm looking forward to it. And I know that God has something very special for all of us and uh, it's going to be a great time together. So come on out and join us folks there at Twin Falls. And then we're going to be super blessed at, at the fellowship, and we're going to have a great time together. Amen. Starts at 10 o'clock here, and uh, and uh, we want to see you in person. Uh, that uh, is 10 o'clock, Sunday morning, River Christian Fellowship, November 12th. Daryl Skinner will be here in person. You can walk up. You can poke him. You can touch him. He's really <laughs> It's not very exciting, but not we'll, very exciting, we'll but, have a good time together. But we'll have a good time. Okay. <laughs> or just give him a hug or shake his hand. Okay. There you go. That sounds good to me. 8888. Ask CSN is the number to call if you want to be part of the program today. Got some lines open. Let's go to Gabriel, Las Vegas. Hi, welcome. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Actually, my question was about the Ark of the Covenant because I was reading uh, Revelation um, like a few nights ago or whatever, but. I read in there that, like, uh, I'm not sure if it's just my translation, but it says, like, the the lightning, you know, coming from the ark. Is, is the ark in heaven, or is that still, like, here on earth? Or Well, it says, it says there in Revelation that that's where it is. Uh, now, you have to remember, uh, Revelation is yet in the future. How the ark gets there, I'm not sure. Um, what picture type it's trying to present, if it is, other than actually what it says. Daryl, your thoughts? Yeah, that's what we find in Revelation chapter 11, I believe it's verse 9, talks about it. And uh, it's interesting as, you know, they've, they've tried to find the ark has been quite a quite a dilemma uh, for so many as it was hidden away uh, someplace. Uh, the, there's a church in Ethiopia, they say they have it, but this has never been proven. Uh, others say it was hauled away to Babylon, and others say it's hidden there in Jerusalem, which would be fascinating if they were able to find it in Jerusalem. Uh, but you do have a de- depiction of it in the book of Revelation, chapter 11, verse 9. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and within his temple was seen the Ark of the Covenant. And there came flashes of lightning, rumbling, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and, and a severe hailstorm. Hell so uh, God's in control of this, and uh, if it's in heaven, he's, he took it up. Uh, so be it. He can do that. And But we do know that what we read in the book of Revelation, as we look to the uh, the 144,000 Jews that are anointed by God, that will be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many Jews are going to be saved in the midway point of the uh, tribulation period. We know there's going to be the abomination of desolation led by the Antichrist, and that's where Jesus says the Jewish people need to run for their lives out of Jerusalem. Most believe, and I believe too, as the Scriptures declares, they'll be down in the area, the region of Basra, not Basra in uh, in uh, Iraq, but rather in the south there uh, of Jordan and so forth, and very likely could be the rock city of Petra that God will protect His people down there. 
and uh, the Antichrist won't be able to touch them because God's hand of protection will be upon them. Now, many Jews will die during that time period in the tribulation, but uh, there'll be a remnant that is truly saved, and and they'll come to faith in Jesus Christ. And then, of course, by the end of, uh, after the abomination desolation, it'll be exactly 1260 days where the Lord will return, and he will fight for his people, and he will defend them and destroy the enemies of God and the Antichrist, the false prophet, be cast into the lake of fire and then starts the 1000 year reign of christ and it's these are exciting days we're living in and the bible's very explicit in regards to what's taking place mike amen and so uh, again i hope that answers it for you gabriel it really does all glory to god thank you guys yeah you know it is interesting that the ark of the covenant of course you go back to the uh, raiders of the lost ark and all those movies trying to find it and things like this um, some people believe that it is hidden down beneath the catacombs below the Temple Mount. Very possibly Jeremiah may have hidden it away or one of the other prophets um, to keep it from being captured, melted down or something. Uh, uh, they think the one that possibly is in Ethiopia may be uh, just a, a copy uh, and no one has really seen it. It's just reported there. I don't know. Um I, I do know that it's not uh, necessary for anybody's faith because the it was just a picture type of what we found in heaven as the whole inner sanctuary of the temple was a, a picture as well. Uh, but we find our fulfillment in Christ Jesus. But what is interesting, if they were to find, as an example, the temple or the uh, the Ark of the Covenant, this would, would really, I think, hasten the desire of the Jewish people to build their temple to put it into. Uh, so there is those rumblings that I've heard for probably you as well, probably 20 years or more, that, oh, they found it, it's uh, beneath the, it's in a cave beneath the, the Golgotha uh, where the blood dripped down. All those are just stories, and 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 it's not been proven. But it wouldn't surprise me that in these last days, this um, interesting uh, artifact shows up, and this would then uh, cause the, the Jewish people to want to build this third temple that we find there as well as in Revelation chapter 11. Now, we find John measuring it in, in chapter 11. One of the key things in the temple was the ark, and yet we find this finding showing up in heaven. I This is an interesting picture here. And whether God takes it to heaven after it's found, whether it it um, I can't I can't comment yet on that. Um, Daryl, any last thoughts on that one? Because you know it's been such a mystery I, again with Raiders of the Lost Ark and 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 you know we have these different ministers come out and say, "Oh, I found it," and the blood dripped down in the cracks beneath the the temple or the uh, Golgotha and dripped on the. Uh, the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, all these crazy stories, not really substantiated at all. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark. By the way, uh, I like the end of it where the I like the end where the, the lid shuts. <laughs> and, it's like God says, "Don't you ever do that again." <laughs> and the guys melt and all this stuff. But uh, you know, it, it is fascinating. It's a uh, it's an interesting study. Nobody's been able to find it. Now, there's been rumors that they have found it, but they're just keeping it hidden uh, there in Jerusalem. Uh, but uh, we, we just don't know for sure. But I agree with you, Mike. It would be a great impetus to uh, 
to rebuild the temple if they found that uh, Ark of the Covenant. And uh, it's, 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 I put it in my category of fascinating and interesting and just wait and see. And as, as these things unfold before our very eyes, we, we're, we're seeing right before our eyes right now the, the leading up to the Ezekiel War because all the major players are lining up together and they're all pretty much saying the same thing together against Israel. And that's where God will intervene. Now, could that be a war that the Antichrist will rise up out of Europe and then say this is the war that ends all wars because the armies of of, of Islam, the armies of uh, Turkey, of, of Iran, of, of Russia were destroyed on the in the northern region there of Israel and into uh, uh, Lebanon and Syria and so forth. Uh, could they say this is the war to end all wars? Now we need to make Jerusalem, which they've always wanted to make it, an international religious city. Uh, for all faiths of the world. It's like the capital of religious faith. And they've been saying that the world's been wanting to do this for quite some time, but they've unable because the time hasn't been right, as well as uh, uh, even the Roman Catholic Church has wanted it to be an international religious city for all faiths, meaning Judaism, Christianity, and, uh, and of course, Islam. And then other faiths, too. You have the, the Baha'i faith there in Israel, too, and so forth. So be other faiths. But leading up to this, how, what's going to be the impetus? What's going to make this explode where uh, this event may take place? I think that Ezekiel War is is going to be the one that are going to say, this is the war to end all wars. We've got to come together. Let's make Jerusalem an international religious city. And if they even find the Ark of the Covenant, that would even promote so much more the rebuilding of the temple there on the Temple Mount. Yeah, Mike. so so it's so we're in exciting times, Gabriel. I hope that hope that answers it for you. Absolutely, thank you so much, Gabriel. Stay online, send you out the movie Jesus, as well as Time to Grow, and a little book, as well as as God of Wonders. I think you'll enjoy all those. Great for sharing your faith and uh, showing to your church. They're they're really good movies. Let's go to Chris, Illinois. Hi and welcome. Chris, you on the line? We're oh, Hi, Chris. How can Hi, we help? Thank you. Sorry, my question is about First uh, Corinthians fifteen, uh, specifically the rapture passage where it mentions uh, the last trumpet. I know uh, I, I hold to a pre-trib rapture, as I know you all do, but I was just hoping to get your guys' uh, explanation of what it means by the last trumpet, because I know that's used by a lot of people that. Uh, that we go through the tribulation and whatnot. Um, and then a- additionally, I was hoping to know if y'all think in John 14, where it says, where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you, um, and I will also receive it to myself, if he's talking about the rapture as well there. Yeah, and, and I, I absolutely believe uh, the rapture can come at any time. I think any man that tells you, no, he can't come to the end of the tribulation or in the middle of the tribulation is simply not reading their Bible. Uh, Jesus very clearly says that. So we have this question then, what is the last trumpet? Well, it's interesting that it doesn't say what the last trumpet is. Oh, that's the seventh trumpet in Revelation. Can't be. Uh, Doesn't fit. But the Bible tells us there are other trumpets we find uh, the festival of Rosh Hashanah preparing for the new year where they blow a series of trumpets. And then on the last day, uh, uh, the day of Rosh Hashanah, when the first three stars in Israel appear, they blow what's called the Sofar, 
the last trumpet that concludes Rosh Hashanah and begins that time of the Jewish New Year a week later. Now, the last trumpet is the last trumpet that we're going to hear here on this earth. We find in in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, and I heard the Lord saying, calling, saying, like a trumpet, come up here, and I'll show you what must be after these things. Now, again, when we look at all this, I think it's really important because uh, God has provided for us. Now, when we look at the uh, at the uh, trumpet judgments in Revelation, they are um, really uh, the angels blowing their their trumpets is what we find. Uh, but when we get to this in Corinthians and in Thessalonians, it says it's the Lord trumpet. It's it's not the angels trumpet. It's, I understand the angels' trumpet. There's there are seven of them in Revelation, but this is a different kind of trumpet, and it even says that uh, as you study it up close. Your thoughts, Daryl? Yeah, you know. Also, First Thessalonians chapter four also talks about the trumpet of God going to blast yeah, at the rapture of, of the church. Yeah, and so we realize that you know we we sometimes people try to say, oh, the last trumpet is the last trumpet, like you said, Mike, in the book of Revelation with the trumpet judgments. But this is the trumpet for bringing home the bride of Christ. And that's going to be all believers on planet Earth will be raptured at that moment in time in a twinkling of an eye, it says here in Corinthians. And we're going to be changed. It'll be a metamorphosis. The word change is metamorphosis. We're, we're changed from this, this carrying the sinful body that we have, and, and we're going to get rid of this old carcass. And we're going to go up in the air, and we're going to get receive our glorified bodies. All, all previous believers that have gone to heaven before us, they're going to receive their glorified bodies at that time. So it's going to be uh, this trumpet call, if you will, for the church to come home, the bride of Christ to come to the Lord. And then, of course, we'll start uh, very likely the uh, tribulation period. As the, the world being in chaos at that time, they're going to try to figure things out, how to organize it, reorganize themselves, because all these people are missing. And then uh, and then they'll establish the uh, Antichrist's uh, work and so forth. He'll be a great ruler and so on. So uh, this is this trumpet of God. It's, a, it's that calling forth. Uh, we're going to hear it. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be loud and clear in our ears. And the voice of the archangel calling us to come home with the Lord. And thus we shall ever be with the Lord. And that's why I love what the Lord said in John 14, that let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. If you believe in, if you believe in God, I will receive you unto myself. And we're going to go to heaven. So I hear that music. Here we go, Mike. Yeah, it's that time. We're going to pick this up on the other side because I think it is so important. You know, um, Paul says, comfort one another with these words. If it wasn't real, how could it ever bring real comfort? We'll have more coming up right after this. We'll be right back. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills 
And it really is a community too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. I was like, oh, wow. I hear the little heartbeat because they have a heartbeat. So I'm like, oh, wow, this is real. When this young mom came into a preborn clinic, she was confused with nowhere to turn. After meeting with the preborn counselors and seeing her baby on ultrasound, she chose life. If I hadn't saw the ultrasound, it would have been a totally different picture. And I think about this when I look at my daughter, I start tearing up. She would never be here. She would have been here. Preborn's network of clinics are there for moms in crisis, offering love, support, and free ultrasound. When a young mother in crisis meets her baby on ultrasound, life becomes very real. And 80% of the time, she will choose life. Through love and compassion, Preborn celebrates the over 200,000 babies' lives who have been rescued. To learn more about the life-saving work of Preborn, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. Or visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. want to welcome you back to part two of to every man and answer here on this thursday afternoon with daryl skinner who is going to be in twin falls with us uh not this sunday but next sunday the 12th of november looking forward daryl so much to seeing you here and uh, i think everybody's gonna just really have a good time uh with you with you being here uh and that's this next sunday not this sunday but the next sunday the 12th of november 10 o'clock at the river christian fellowship in twin falls idaho and Daryl, uh, you've been doing to every man and answer uh, with me for man decades. So I just want to—I <laughs> just think it's such a great thing that you'll actually be here in person. Everybody can meet you. I think it'll be really good, and and uh, look forward to that. It's uh, it's funny how time flies when you're having fun, right? Amen. The Lord is good, and it's been a great—it's been a great ride with you, Mike, and the whole uh, Tima uh, crew there, and to every man and answer crew. And it's, it's always a joy for me to be on the air with you and and the others that are all part of this program and to hear from God's people. That's, that's the most exciting thing to hear from God's people and the, 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 the desire to learn and to grow in their faith. It's just, a, it brings great joy to every pastor's heart when they have people that just want to really uh, just not only share their faith, but grow in their faith and be used of God. It's very exciting. So good to be with you, Mike. Amen. And uh, when we went to the break, we had Chris on the line asking about the last trumpet. Um, Yes. This is something that is talked about in the Bible, but what is the last trumpet? And there's a kind of a thing where they automatically try to make this the seventh trumpet in Revelation, and it can't be, because one's God's trumpet, the other one's the angel's trumpet. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah, you know, when we look at this trumpet call, we're going to be raptured up, and of course, we're going to be changed. I love what it says, 
not in a wink of an eye, but in a twinkling. That's even faster. I mean, all of a sudden it's just going to hit, bam, and we're gone, and we're going to find ourselves in the presence of the Lord. And we were touching upon, the, the brother touched upon uh, John chapter 14 where it says this, and I want to bring something to our attention. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and here's your key word, and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. The word receive there, he says, I will come again and receive you to myself. The word receive there is paralambano in the Greek, and we find that same Greek word found in Matthew 24, where it says one is left and the other is taken. There's two at the mill, there's two in bed, and so forth. One is taken and the other left. The word taken there is also parlambano. And that speaks of bringing someone close to you to, to embrace. It's not a word of judgment. It's a word of embracing. And so we see in Matthew 24, as well as here, uh, uh, John 14, 1 to 3, this rapture uh, being spoken of, I'm going to parlambano you. You find the same word when Joseph took Mary to be his wife. It was parlambano for the word he took her to be his wife. And and so it's an embracing. Jesus is going to take us to be his wife. Jesus took the disciples up onto the Mount of Transfiguration. It uses the same Greek word, parlambano. We're going to be transfigured as we are raptured up. We're going to find ourselves glorified in heaven. So it's a very exciting term, this parlambano. And it's it all fits into the rapture of the church, 1 Corinthians 15, as well as 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 says that he'll keep us from the wrath to come meaning he's going to take us up before the great tribulation period. And so this is the love of our Lord and Savior. We are the bride of Christ. God will not put the bride of Christ through his wrath, but rather he's going to take us home to be with him. We'll head off to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Mike? Yeah, and a lot of people uh, don't catch that. Uh, There's always been wars and rumors of wars. There's always been uh, famines and pestilences and all the things that have befalled man since since he fell in the garden. The difference between the tribulation period and the rest of all this that we're all in right now is the tribulation period is absolutely metered by God. This is why you have the uh, seal judgments, the, the, the trumpet judgments, the bowl judgments. These are all metered by God. I believe Satan is the one that's doing all this havoc on this earth right now. But during the uh, tribulation period, this is done by God, and God would not do that to his bride. Now, there will be people saved during the tribulation. They're called saints. We find the elect mentioned as well, but you never find the church mentioned on earth after chapter 3 in Revelation. They're found in heaven in chapter 4, 5, especially in chapter 5, where they actually have a song who's redeemed us from every tribe, tongue, kindred, and nation. How awesome is that? And Jesus even references this in Luke 21, when he says, pray that you be counted worthy to escape all these things. All these things, I believe, are where we're at right now in the world. And what he mentioned that would be coming upon the world in the tribulation, he says, pray that you would escape all these things and to stand before the Son of Man. We find that manifested, that prayer that Jesus said, looking into the future there in chapter 5 of Revelation. Chris, hope that helps. Yes, it does, definitely. It's it's encouraging to hear, too, that John 14 is also referring to the rapture, uh, just a parallel of him saying, um, 
where he where where I am, there you'll be also. Yes, absolutely. And I also look at it in Matthew chapter twenty four. It says, "As in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be." They were eating, drinking, marrying, given in marriage. And we find that this is the world today. Now, when you go to the last part, when you start getting in the very last part of of the seven-year tribulation period, it isn't life is normal, eat, drink, and be merry. It's mere survival. Every living thing in the sea has died. All the trees are burned up. Uh, uh, The the Bible says the the water is turned to blood. Uh, it, It is going to be a terrible time on this earth, certainly not as in the days of Noah were. The days of Noah, everyone, was party time. That's why Noah building the ark was so ridiculous. What are you building this big boat for? Turn it into a casino, make a buck or two, you know? They didn't realize the impending judgment that's going to come upon the world, nor do those today that are eating, drinking, marrying, given in marriage of an impending judgment called the tribulation period is going to come upon the world. So when we look at this, we realize that even Jesus spoke of a time of his coming of when people were lax. They didn't care. And uh, Matthew chapter 24, I believe that particular passage is directly tied to the rapture of the church. Now, the second coming of Christ, well, that's a different thing. The Bible says as lightning flashes from the east into the west, every eye will see him. He's not coming as a thief then. Jesus said, behold, I come as a thief. Watch and be ready. Well, when he's going to come and every eye is going to see him, it's got to be two different occurrences. And that occurrence comes on the very brink of humanity destroying himself. The Bible says Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 24. Unless those days were shortened, there would be no flesh saved. In other words, probably the tribulation would have gone on longer, deserved to go on longer. Certainly the people deserve it. But because God's seen that they would utterly destroy all of humanity, he cuts it back to seven years. Interesting to me that that verse is in there, but it's not a time of marrying, giving in marriage, eating and drinking, and so on. So I believe this is why we clearly see two separate times One, he comes at a time of partying when the world is lax and could care less. The second time he comes to redeem the world on the brink of annihilation. Hope that helps, Chris. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Stay in line. We'll get you fixed up with the movie Jesus based on the book of Luke as well as Time to Grow and another little movie called uh, uh, Evolution. Or no, excuse me, uh, God of Wonders. And you'll enjoy that. That line will get you taken care of. Let's go to Jerry Minden, Louisiana. Hi, welcome. Hey, how you doing, Brother Mike and Brother Daryl? Good. How many we? Good. Uh, I listen to you guys every chance I get. My question is from the Book of Acts, chapter thirteen, verse forty-eight. Okay. When the Gentiles heard this, they rejoiced and glorified the message of the Lord and all who had been appointed to eternal life believed. Yeah, I believe uh, who had been appointed. I I think uh, from God's perspective, he absolutely knows who's going to make it 
and who doesn't. Uh, God doesn't learn. In fact, if we go to Revelation chapter 1, he's Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, first and the last. We find this also in Revelation chapter 22, the same statement made. God does not learn. And I think anything that would, would pose the idea that God learns would suggest that he's not God. So you'll find any time in the Bible, and this is not the only place, by the way, Jerry, we find to those whom he predestinated. We find that as well. But from God's perspective, he knows who makes it and who doesn't. And I think this is the mistake because otherwise, John 3.16 is a bald face lie. That's right. For God so loved the world. No, no, he didn't. He loved the predestinated ones that those that are predestinated would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But it doesn't say that. It says God so loved the world that whosoever would believe in him, whosoever means anyone, would not perish but have everlasting life. Then we find the great commission that Jesus gave. Go preach the gospel to only the predestinated ones. No, it doesn't say that. It says to every creature. So then, Jerry, we have to reconcile this because we know the Bible doesn't lie. We know the Bible doesn't have contradictions. So we have to come to the conclusion then that because God knows everything, he knows more about tomorrow than we remember about yesterday, that he knows the ones that ultimately will make it and those that don't. Those that will choose him, those that won't. That is not a fault of God. That is a decision of man. And just because God knows who will accept him and who will reject him, and this is important, everyone, does not stop anyone from anyone today of making that decision to either serve God or reject God. Just because God knows the ultimate outcome does not stop anyone from accepting or rejecting him. The idea that God put people on earth and they can't be saved, I think, is the doctrine of demons. That's what I'm sure the devil would like people to believe. Oh, you can't be saved. Yeah, you, you weren't one of the... You weren't an appointed one. You weren't a predestinated one. So therefore, you're going to fry, spit, and says, I mean, what kind of a message of Christ is that? It isn't. And so I believe, again, what the Bible clearly says, preach the gospel to every creature. God so loved the world. Whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. It is impossible to take those two verses and suggest that God... uh, um, put people deliberately on earth to send them to hell. Again, just because God knows the outcome doesn't keep any individual from making those decisions. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, the Greek word uh, has its root in what's called tasso is the Greek word. It means to arrange in an orderly manner. So those who were coming to faith in Christ arranged in an orderly manner, it came because they they believed in God. They had faith in Christ who died for their sins, who rose from the grave, who ascended to heaven. They came to faith in him. And as 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 the gospel goes forth, it's, it's for the whole world. If it's only for those that are predestined, why are we preaching the gospel? Because those people are already going to get saved no matter what. But yet throughout the, the Bible, throughout the, the, the gospels and throughout the book of Acts, people are, are, you know, they give their lives for the, for the gospel's sake. Why do it if, if, the, if there's this preordained, folks that are already set to get saved and so forth. 
we are called to preach the gospel to the whole world, and we're called to endure uh, long suffering and persecution and trials and tribulations. Uh, you know, Jesus says they hated me; they're going to hate you, and so forth. And so we preach the gospel because this is this man comes to salvation through the gospel. And it's very important for us to realize that uh, those that will try to preach the whole Calvinism thing of you know that uh, we're every divinely appointed and elected and so forth. So why preach the gospel? It's wrong. It doesn't it doesn't jive, if you will. If you don't mind me saying that. It doesn't jive when you read the book of Acts and, and what Paul was doing, what Peter was doing, what James was doing, and, and so many others in John. And it's they go forth to preach the gospel so that others would be saved. And and in that salvation there'll also be persecution against believers. So but it's just speaking of it, they're brought forth in an orderly fashion to be saved, and God does his work of salvation by the power of the Holy Spirit. Man must be born again of the Holy Spirit as he comes to faith in Jesus Christ. Mike, I'll give it back Jerry, to you. Jerry, hope that helps. It does. Uh, but I'm just, you know, it, whenever you read this, it sounds like God had appointed them to eternal life. But what you're saying is that he knew who was going to be saved Sure. Because, uh, God knows who was going to be who believed. Okay. Yeah. The Bible says more... the Bible says he sees us seated with him in heavenly places. Uh, so, uh, in God's heart and mind, we're already there. I'm just waiting to get there. You know. Now, Jerry, you had another question. Yes. I was watching a preacher on TV, and he said we shouldn't pray to God; we should pray to Jesus. I well, want your thoughts on that. I certainly don't know what verse and chapter he's quoting on that one. Jesus said, when you pray, pray in this manner. Our Father, which art in heaven. Now, when you look at that, it's very clear that we pray to God. Um, and uh, and I, I think somebody that would say something like that hasn't spent very much time studying their Bible because... All the way through the Bible, we find people crying out to Yahweh, uh, and and of course we we understand that yes, we can pray to Jesus. We find in the very last chapter of Revelation, we find John um, uh, crying out, saying, "Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus." That's a prayer, praying to Jesus. But we also find them uh, praying to the Father, as Jesus said. Your thoughts. Yeah, you know, First Timothy two five says, "For there's one God and one mediator, mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all, and to be testified in due time." You know, we pray to the Father, but we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. We don't pray in the name of Mary or anybody else. The one who is the mediator that gets us to our heavenly Father, who's holy and righteous in all His ways, so is Jesus. He gets us to Him is through 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 Him the mediator. And so we pray to our Heavenly Father, our Dad in Heaven, and, and He responds to us. In fact, our prayers are so vitally important. The Bible says in the book of Revelation they're, they're, they're reserved in bowls because God thinks of them too dearly as we seek Him in prayer. But the only way we can access Him is through the Savior, through our Savior. And that's uh, Jesus' death and resurrection, His ascension, of course. He gives us access to our Heavenly Father. He's our mediator to our Heavenly Father. So when I pray, and all Christians pray, we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. He's our one that we get to him. 
ask anything in my name, Jesus says, and it should be done for you, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Speaks of that in John 14 and 15. And so uh, this is the way that Jesus has taught us to pray, instructed us to to do so, and to love uh, to love prayer as we seek the Lord. Mike? Amen. So I hope that uh, hope that answers it for you. Did you, you two guys know a lot more than I do, and I appreciate your time. Well, Jerry, again, when we when we come to verses that that uh, that that seem to be a little out there, and what I mean by that is, well, as many that were appointed. I, I I have to look and see what does the other verses talk about uh, this particular topic. Now, there are people that just only look at the verses that support their church dogma, whatever their, whatever their denomination believes, and disregard the rest. You can't do that. Jesus said we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, not just the ones that agree with what I personally believe and disregard the rest. We can't do that. And so when I see there is a balance in these things, and, and so when we, when we look at all these verses, then that brings us, I believe, into that understanding. Because when you believe wrong, you live wrong. Now, let me explain that. If you believe that God has predestined people to go to heaven, and really uh, nobody has any say about it, it's already been done, it's a done deal, no evangelism. Why evangelize? If they're going to go to heaven, they're going to figure it out. We don't have to do nothing. Violates God's word. If we're supposed to only preach to the predestinated ones, why does the Bible say to preach to every creature? Why did Jesus um, die for the sins of the whole world, not just for the predestinated ones? When you really start looking at it, this idea uh, that's out there really starts falling apart really quick when you add the other verses that bring the balance into it. Cleverly, they don't show you those other verses. They only show you the verses that prove their point, and that is how cults are started. Jerry, stay in line. We'll send you out the movie Jesus based on the book of Luke, Time to Grow, as well as the other movies that we have. We got a couple of them there we'll send you to, so. We'll get you taken care of. Thanks, Jerry, for the call. God bless you. Let's go to Claudia, San Jose, California. Hi, welcome. Hi. Um, hi, Pastor. Thank you very much for taking my call. I was calling because I have a question on my daughter's school. They actually are going to be celebrating the, death, the day of the death. Mm-hmm. You know, and I really do not find it to be a Christian issue to do. And I was curious to find out how I'm able to contact the school and let them know that it's we are not, you know, we're Christians. We're not celebrating the death. You know, I, you know, Claudia, uh, your, your thoughts, just your thoughts. Yeah, you know, the Day of the Dead is, is known as All Saints Day, All Souls Day. It's a Catholic situation uh, connected with two Catholic holidays. And, of course, uh, I think it's mostly in the Latino uh, persuasion, so to speak. And... Um, yeah, I don't see a need in really participating in that, but uh, I would just, you know, tell me what you feel about it and 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 say, you know, I don't really want to participate in that. And I think there's a lot of uh, ways of dressing up. They do that and all these things. So, uh, but it's it's another uh, oh man made thing. It's not biblical by any means, and uh, so I, w- I wouldn't. Bring a big, I'd bring a big cross to the church and say, yeah, the day of the dead, when Jesus died for our sins, <laughs> I'd, I'd turn it around. 
Uh, And uh, if this is where their minds and thoughts are and the fascination of death, hey, listen, death is real. And you can tell them, bring a cross. You know, if you can't find one, make one. Uh, You can glue some cardboard together, cut it out, a cross, and put Jesus died for our sins and cake it. If they're if they're celebrating death, hey, so am I. The death of Jesus that gave us all life. And I'll tell you something. Uh, uh, take every opportunity. You know, Paul when he went to Mars Hills, he didn't look at all of them sitting around philosophizing about all the different gods. He didn't say you bunch of religious nuts. He said, No, I see you're all very religious people. He said, you got this one here to the unknown God. This is the one I want to tell you about. He met them where they were at. So I believe, again, what I would do is I'd take a cross tomorrow to church, uh, to, to school, and I would put on it, Jesus died, and I would make those in capital letter, died for our sins. What are they going to say? I mean, you, I'm just here celebrating it my way. How can you lose? Hope that helps. You know, uh... Mike, I'll add a little extra history to this. I had to do a little digging to remind myself of what this is all about. But it's it can be traced back uh, thousands of years to an Aztec festival dedicated to a goddess called Mecta Cayatal. And uh, I probably butchered the word, but anyway, that's what it's connected to. And it's uh, unfortunately the uh, the Roman Catholic Church has uh, uh, had tremendous influence in bringing this celebration forward. Uh, uh, throughout the his, uh, Latino communities, and uh, it's not—it's uh, not something that Christians should be involved in or celebrating. And I think I like your response there with the take across the church and uh, tell them about the Savior of the world and let them come to faith in Him. Amen. Amen. Mike? Because you know they're not going to stop because of you, but certainly you can interject Jesus Christ in there for this reason: Christ died. Claudia, I hope that helps. Yes, it does tremendously. Thank you so much. Turn into a negative to a positive. That sounds great to me. Yeah, yeah. Be about your daddy's <laughs> business, and and Love again, uh, for this reason, and and then by the way, by be sure to say, and this is the reason Jesus rose from the dead that we have power over death. So important. Claudia, stay online. We'll get you taken care of with a couple of books, couple of DVDs, and let's go to Margot, Austin, Texas. Hi, welcome. Hello, Pastor Mike. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question for you. Um, You can hear me, right? Yes, I can. How can we help? I need some help because my heart is broken in pieces with what happened in Israel, what, 17, 18 days ago with the children. Yes. I'm trying to understand where God is in all of this, and I'm trying to understand if these babies and children that were tortured so horrifically I, be, I believe they're in heaven, dear. Your thoughts, Daryl. We've only got thirty seconds. Yeah, I, I believe so too. You know, this is God. Our God is a God of life. Satan's world is a world of death, and uh, when people are following Satan to the nth degree, they're going to be uh, missionaries of death, and that's what we find in in this work of uh, Hamas and what they did to the Jewish people. All the crime and the evil that we have in our world, the disease, everything. Is because the Bible's already told us Satan is the god of this world, little g. He's not in charge, but he's got control because people give allegiance to him and they perform his duties. But one day the Lord will return and bring life to all. Mike? Yeah, we need to continue to pray, Margot, for the peace of Jerusalem. And again, we see all of us in the world of saw the atrocities. It is interesting how many people in America side with the murderers now. It's incredible. Mm. Wow. Things that make you go, hmm. 
Out of time, everyone. Remember, Daryl Skinner going to be in Twin Falls here. Uh, not this Sunday, next Sunday. Love to see you all. Thanks, Daryl. God bless you all. Good night. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 